In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. The big six zero, Jerry, uh, episode 60, wow. Andrew. Andrew and Jerry were right all along. And let me start this off, Jerry, by by saying this, because everybody else on podcasts do this as well. If you're watching us, uh, you know, you can always catch us wherever fine podcasts are purveyed, uh, you know, whether it's Spotify and Amazon Music or Podbean or Apple Podcasts or wherever. If you're listening to us, you can also check out our gorgeous visages on YouTube, uh, just go ahead and, and look up Andrew and Jerry Save the World on YouTube, and you will find us. Jerry, we hit a major, major milestone. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to say the number, but we hit a very big number in terms of podcasts a couple of weeks ago. Thank so you to, or thank to our you. listeners. Thank you all for that uh, uh, very much. Uh, you know, listen, I'm glad we're doing this today, uh, and it's the, the benefits of doing this. You know, I was sort of bemoaning the fact that I wasn't on the radio yesterday. You're bemoaning? But, I was bemoaning. Yes, I was bemoaning. Wow. I was yes, yes. I was bedazzled too. Um, uh, but, well, but as long as you're not bewaring, yes, or, or, or bewildered. Oh yes, or bewitched, or coming before the end. Yes, yes. That's that's like putting the cart before the horse. Anyway, yes. <laughs> the point is, um, listen. There's a lot going on, and and the point of this being Andrew and Jerry were right all along, and and this I want to talk about. I want to continue to talk about. We spent a lot of time talking about the gaslighting of America. And and we got the Durham report on Monday evening, and it confirmed really the worst of all of our suspicions. And not the, even our suspicions, but what we had been saying throughout the first three years of the Trump administration. And you pointed out something to me yesterday on the phone, Jerry, and I, I, want, I want you to, to, to start off with, with that. Well, again, the, the Democrats uh, have been pushing this narrative that the January 6th riots, the mob attack on the Capitol uh, was a threat, an attack uh, equal to Pearl Harbor, right. equal to uh, the 9-11 attacks, right. uh, calling it an insurrection, a coup d'etat, all the rest of it. And it's it's untrue. And what happens is they're overplaying their, their hand here uh, with a compliant media actually diminishes uh, the mob attack, right? The founding fathers were fearful of mob rule, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a it wasn't an insurrection, it wasn't a rebellion, uh, but rather a mob attack. And they shut down congressional business for a couple, three, four hours. Right. The Durham report lets us hold on, know hold on, hold confirms. On, wait, wait, before we get to what the Durham report confirms, the Republic was never in any danger. That's the key thing here. You know, it wasn't J six. The, the J six on January six. There was no threat to the, the continuation of the, the Republic. QAnon shaman. It's not that if you get into the speaker's office and you're sitting behind the speaker's chair, all of a sudden you're speaker of the United States. Right. And also remember, let's let's be accurate. He was escorted in. But but no no no. But but my point is the goal being right. If the goal was an insurrection, the Republic was never in any danger because correct in the end. Joe Biden was going to be certified as president of the United States. Regardless, there was, any, there was, it was any, happening. Any, that, that was going to that was going to be happening. That being said, and this sets it up for what the Durham report shows and why there was this massive difference here. 
Donald Trump was elected president and was, I'm sorry, Jerry, immediately delegitimized through this well, process. And, Go ahead. and right. And then the uh, the Durham, the Durham report confirms uh, that the Democrats, uh, the uh, Biden, uh, the, uh, the, the Obama Biden administration, the FBI, the DOJ, uh, the government essentially uh, handicapped uh, and uh, put in jeopardy the legitimacy uh, and the, uh, the government of the of, of Donald Trump, whether you like Trump or not. Right. He was elected. And what's worse, uh, this thing starts early, right? Yes. Uh, this thing starts with Hillary Clinton and her campaign, uh, high uh, high figures uh, in her camp. John Podesta, for crying out loud, former, you know, a Clinton administration official. Uh, they uh, they made up a story about Russian collusion sold to the CIA, to the FBI, to the Department of Justice, to the uh, to the Obama Biden administration. And they 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 allowed for it, me, knowing that there was no evidence. Right. Right. And 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 this is where this is. Uh, this we, is a real coup, by the way. Right. Right. And that's that. That's exactly it. It, it gets into exactly when you sort of you balance these things. And yet what a, what is what is in the popular mindset? January 6th was the insurrection. And that this is, I don't know, just politics as usual, or we're overblowing it, right? What did the New York Times say yesterday that they called the, the Durham report essentially a nothing burger? And I know we used so did, it. And, and so did MSNBC term. and let's, Joe Scarborough. So did Fox. About, let's talk about the history here. So, but I have a question real quick for you. Please. Regardless of your political persuasion, how is it a nothing burger? Like, how that's, could the New York Times justify that? Well, that's 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 exactly it. I mean, it, because, again, they have to admit culpability and they refuse. They will never admit their culpability. Jonah Goldberg yesterday, Jonah Goldberg, who had an ample opportunity to say, you know something, I was wrong, instead took took the opportunity to, to, to create additional pot shots at his detractors. But but I want to go back and I want to go back a little bit through history here and let's talk about exactly exactly what happened. And, and it, because it it is. The timeline here is 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 incredible to me. Um, so the Clinton campaign knows that they are under serious investigation again, not for the things that I would have investigated them for 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 corruption at the State Department, but for Hillary Clinton's actions in terms of classified material and in terms of the home baked server. They know they're under investigation here, right? So this is the spring of 2016. So they go out and they hire this firm called Fusion GPS or Perkins Coie, their, their, their law firm goes out and hires Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS brings on a former CIA case officer by the name of Nellie Orr, someone who had great credentials uh, within the intelligence community. She in turn is tasked with running a former British spy named Christopher Steele, who's got great contacts behind what? Well, I would have said behind the Iron Curtain, but essentially what we would what we would have called 30, 40 years ago. Behind so the let me interrupt, continue, yeah. but let me just make a point here. Yeah. So foreign influence on the 2016 election happened. Right. And it originated and was promoted and paid for by the Clinton campaign. Now, let's let's add to this. The Russian FSB, the, the, the successor to the KGB, they have been involved in terms of trying to influence American politics for decades. The KGB transition to the FSB, it's the same thing. Um, the the point Putin being a former KGB um uh, a Czechist, as they would call him, someone part of the secret police, he continued this. Um, and and one of the ways that they have always done this, and this gets into some of the greater issues I think you and I are going to talk about in this 
uh, show, Jerry, which is about the issue of, of Russians interfering. Anyway, the point is, the Clinton campaign, they decide they are going to see what kind of dirt they can get from Russia. They hire this spy. He has dangled all of this dirt from Russia, and they accept it whole hog. And because they've got this CIA operative, oh, by the way, Jerry, whose husband is a senior DOJ official who can run this stuff over to people like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. And, and, and here's the thing. Understand that at the time, this is this is this is like something out of a John Le Carre spy novel, Jerry. You have a presidential candidate who knows she is being investigated by the FBI, by the DOJ. So what does she do? She goes and dangles the shiny object in front of the DOJ and FBI. You know, hey, don't look at me. Look at my opponent. Jerry, remember, we get into late June, early July. Bill Clinton, former president of the United States, has a meeting with the Attorney General of the United States, a secret meeting on the tarmac in, in Phoenix. This sounds like a conspiracy theory. Now, right. we don't know what the substance of that meeting was. Could it be that he was saying, hey, go easy on my wife? Or could it be that Bill Clinton was saying, hey, by the way, Attorney General, we got all this stuff here that we're that we're learning about Donald Trump. Right. And again, the, yeah. the bottom line on that meeting is it was inappropriate, should have been investigated, should have been bigger news. Look, let me let me just add this. Please to, add. To, to, to this. Uh, I'm going to mute my mic and yell to my daughters for a minute. So go ahead. So so news that the IRS ousted its entire team probing the Hunter Biden uh investigation yeah right and they did yes. this according this according to uh, some reports to sideline a whistleblower right right this comes the same day as the durham report on massive justice department malfeasance promoting russiagate that smear right now and, listen and, and the day but and the day after james comer says i can't find i've lost track of the whistleblower go right. ahead and then yes. you know and, and again th there's only one conclusion here that is, much of the federal government is now permanently weaponized to protect Democrats and right. to undermine their enemies. So, so the point is, moving into all of this, when we talk about this issue and how this undermines it, because there is this great interplay between the Democrats and the media, and the media swallows up what the Democrats are telling them whole hog, this is where you get into right before the election, the stories about the Alpha Bank being uh, um, uh, the Trump connections to Alpha Bank meetings that uh, that uh, um, uh, that Manafort is having with Russians about giving them polling numbers. All of these stories start to drop because they think that they can put the nail in the in the coffin of Donald Trump's election. And of course, remember the famous words in the text message between Lisa Page uh, and Peter Strzok: "We need to create an insurance policy." Right. against Donald Trump getting elected. And guess what? They created that insurance policy and 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 and, and, and they and they and they enacted it. And what's so disheartening is a complete lack of curiosity uh from the mainstream media. This is the biggest political scandal uh legal scandal constitutional crisis scandal in our history you call there it is listen there is yeah. no other event in our history i'd say this i, I would that what barack obama 
Joe Biden, the FBI, James Comey, the DOJ, what they did, the Clinton uh, campaign, all of their allies, uh, the media, that together is worse than 9-11 well I w- is I, worse than the civil war let's let's talk about let's talk about this and, and it's interesting because you you normally are the one who pushes back on me when i talk when i make these when i say that something is i i you're not i don't think you're saying that it's unintentional but you know you say that it's a lack of curiosity i don't think it's a lack of curiosity I think it is well, now we you, have a media you know what? with an I, agenda. You are right. I know you, but, yes. but there is, you're right about that. Um, you're 100% correct. So yes, the right. New York Times, CNN, uh, and again, the, the major mainstream media, you're right. They're part of my, the, my, my point they're is, part of the weaponization. But, but, but well, when I say like, no, 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 here's my, here's let my me point. My point. Oh, okay. the, the lack of curiosity comes with, uh, uh, you know the uh, the local radio stations, uh, the local papers, yes. local news. A lot of a lot of this is trickled down, and we hear it where you live, where I live. You put on your local news; they're talking about this, but they're just reporting it uh, in a way. Uh, a Durham report is right. is, is is released. Why, uh, de- why Democrats? Why isn't, yes, right. Yeah, Democrats it say it's bunk. Republicans uh, say uh, it's trouble. And then it, that's the, that's the report, right? And 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 this gets into what we've talked about in terms of the coverage of Westmore among, among others. My my yeah. Just to, to stick on this issue, imagine if I mean the 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 clearest relationship that this has is to is to Watergate, um and and you know what Nixon and 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 the Nixon team tried to do in terms of manipulating the election of 1972 nixon had it in the bag yet he was doing these things anyway imagine if if nixon had had the media on his side and that nixon was behind the eight ball going into 72 um and and had turned the election in his favor you know when he was behind the eight ball i I mean that's the the key difference here Uh, or if nixon wasn't elected if somehow the intelligence community and the FBI and law enforcement had then turned around and tried to undermine George McGovern or undermine Gerald Ford even. Um, you know, this is this is what we're talking about here. This is the worst kind of political conspiracy theorizing made manifest uh, in a way that literally it's, it's it, you know, it's a situation in which uh, immediately upon, right, you had, you had, Sorry, Jerry, you had, the, you know, the immediate attacks on the legitimacy of the election in 2016. Then you had the FBI interfering with the operations of an of, a, of an already chaotic White House. We understand this. And then every single week, it was a new kind of scandal. It was either, you know, Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is mentally incapacitated. Uh, Donald Trump is um, uh, is a Russian asset. And and, and, tr- and again, and again, Adam Schiff, who was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, a Democrat, right. California, he claimed uh, to have seen uh, evidence linking Trump with Russia. Why is Adam Smith? Why is uh, Adam, Adam Schiff, Schiff? Why isn't he being investigated? Why isn't Hillary Clinton? These people are still. On CNN, uh, McCabe from the FBI, Brennan right. uh, from the CIA, uh, Podesta uh, from the Clinton campaign. 
I I just is it because our politics is so broken, our public discourse is so broken that uh, that truth no longer matters. Well, well, there's there, but see, that's but it gets back to exactly what you're saying, which is the legacy media and the legacy media not doing its job. The First Amendment exists so that the media is protected from being when they when they go out and rightfully investigate or question what is happening in government. You know, it's listen, it's why when I have this, when I have my conversation with Bob Levy on the other podcast, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, you know, Bob Levy, who is an old school progressive, old school liberal, Bob Levy says the threat to the First Amendment is is the biggest, is the one of the biggest issues in America. The problem, of course, is when the press refuses to do its job, you know, and then the outlets that are doing their job get further, get, get, get attacked or marginalized that, you know, that's, that's the issue, right? Jerry and I get, uh, no, I would, I don't consider me and Jerry to be journalists per se. Jerry probably more so than me because he edits real clear policy. But, uh, but, I'll, but I, I said, I said this to you, Andrew, and I, I want uh, offline, but I want to get your reaction yeah. uh, during the show. And that is, um, I, I blame partly for all of this mess, Donald Trump. Yeah, well, yes, and and what I mean by that is not that not his character failings, not his his idiotic ramblings, his stupid statements he makes to the press or on CNN, um, not what he says about women. No, and I understand the establishment was against him, the media was against him, right? They had fortified even the 2020 election to collude to steal from him uh, any re-election hopes. I get all that, and by the way, that's true. Um, they rigged the 2016 election. The Durham report shows that they then uh, delegitimized and crippled his presidency. The Durham report confirms that. And also we know, again, not from Donald Trump, but from Time magazine and other mainstream. uh, They were so proud of themselves in rigging the 2020 election. They couldn't help themselves, but. Uh, but gloat about it. And you can look it up yourself right. about the fortification, how the mainstream media, how the corporate culture, uh, how the Democrats and the establishment and the anti-Trumpers colluded to fortify the election. Uh, so uh, so Trump would not win re-election. It was right. rigged. Pennsylvania, we know what happened there in other states, uh, illegally changing laws, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. I still blame Donald Trump because... He is so chaotic. He is so stupid. And I don't know what else to say, but just dumb and ignorant. He doesn't know what he doesn't know and doesn't care. And he never he he never fought back appropriately. Like, for instance, the 2020, he's on CNN. He's talking about ballot boxes being stuffed. That's nonsense. It's been debunked. It's not true. Well, okay. what it, wait, wait, what no. is true? is that they broke the law in Pennsylvania. They broke the law in other states. Uh, They rigged the election in terms of the drop boxes and the and the postponing and the so let me and, you know me, do, and 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 the absolute different different direction but here. but even when he was president though he should have at like a laser beam okay he should have been he should have been outing people and fighting right. back and getting attorneys but, and okay. finding finding allies so and he, he did none of that okay well no but i think but here's the problem right 
you have a situation in which, again, coming back to exactly what the what the the Clinton team did, they immediately set out to a delegitimize his presidency, to make it toxic for anybody who wanted to go into the administration. And they did whatever they could to foment chaos within that. Now, yes, of course, he made missteps in terms of some of his hires, but by and large, he would have good people around them who they the the the, the culture around them made it impossible for them to affect I, I get that, but they were but they, hold on. They, they were still some uh wise people. He could sure. have this could right. have been a Mike right. Pence. Jerry, this could have been a this Mike is, Pence this project. This is, what this is what I'm saying is that when you go to, well, yeah, some of this could have been Mike Pence and, and Mike Pence was certainly doing some very good work while he was vice president. Um, but my, my point is when people are hounded, uh, you know, at all hours, you know, when cabinet secretaries are being harassed at their homes or in restaurants, when your senior advisors are being harassed and, and it's made very clear that if you go into this administration, you will never be able to find work again or will make it very difficult for you to find work again. Then you're left with fewer and fewer, right? We talked about this with the 2020 election. We yeah. know that that Donald Trump should have hired Ben Ginsburg to handle the challenges of the 2020 election. In fact, Ben Ginsburg should have been uh, involved earlier, but but they made the climate so toxic that there was no way that Ben Ginsburg was ever going to go near but, the Trump. And my, and, and my so you're response, with, you're, you're left, right. But my but my only response to that is is that well then they've already won. Well, well okay, but 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 right, Jerry, they did win. They they had they they won. But listen, the, but, the but, moment, but I'm the I'm still saying that, that Trump could have been smarter. You're you're 100 right. Everything you're saying is true, but he still could have been smarter. He could have kept his mouth shut when he had to open it when he needed to. Sure, he, and he I listen. So, I, I, I so undisciplined. That, right. I don't. I don't listen. My to me, the great failure of the Trump administration was in the end was only. Not the, the the great failure. There were other smaller failures. The great failure was that Trump and the FEC didn't do what they could to cleanse the voter rolls of of dead people and people in other states moving into the 2020 election. They Trump could have. Here's what he could have but, done. But but no no no. But, but Jerry, here's what he could Jerry, have done. Hold on hold on. My my point my point is this, is that you know I I I because so many good things were done during the Trump administration. Um, and we knew Trump's personal faults and failings going into this, right? It's the line from the movie, The Black right. Hole. Hold on. The line from the Black movie, hole. The Black Hole. You can't blame a pint for not being a court. It's All doing right. the best job that it can just being All the right. pint. But, but, you're, but however, you're making my point for me. Yes. Even with all of this against him, he was still able to get the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Right. Even with all this against him, he was able to broker peace in the Middle East and move the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Even with all of this against him, he was able to push China on its heels for the first time. Right. In, and so in a much generation. of that was done with the exception of 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 the of the the, the bill, right? Um that the one bill you you mentioned, very little in terms of legislation was passed later on, especially after they lost both houses, you know, lost one house of Congress. But my my and so so much was done administratively. My point in the end is there was, for instance, it would have been great. Donald Trump should have been able to pass an infrastructure bill. He should have been. It's something the Democrats had wanted up until the point that Donald Trump became president. But because it was Donald Trump right. and the Democrats and the media would never give Donald Trump that victory, right. they would never do it. Immigration, right? We could have gotten some kind right. of an immigration. But, but, uh, but again, so, uh, however, you know, 
he had a two-year window. Even though he was crippled with the Russia hoax and with all that was against him, he did waste opportunity. He sure. wasted time. And and you know, any anyone should know by now that if you're gonna get anything done uh, and you have both houses of Congress, you need to get it done in that first okay, term. But time out for a second. Uh, same, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know, play, Joe I, Biden has made a silly. I'm, gonna, but, I'm but, gonna play, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here though, okay. right? Which is when you have a Republican caucus that in and of itself can't get organized, and you have a speaker who it turns is a contretemps with the president and is a weak speaker and can't get his coalition but, in, in but, order. But, but right, again, uh, Jerry, in a prime example, hold on, do. hold on. A prime example of this, of course, is health care reform, right? When you have, well, a- ironically, they did it. Uh, you know, the, the the Trump administration with a Democrat a Congress, a Democratic Congress, did get arguably the greatest health care reform uh, in the last sixty years uh, when they pushed through Operation Warp Speed. Well, yes, yeah, but okay, but there, there's pushing through Operation Warp Speed is is one thing, but in terms of the repeal of Obamacare and the replacement of Obamacare, which is a major campaign promise. You're right. They didn't. They didn't yeah, but, get that yeah, done. You're but, right. But but even but again again I'll push back on you. Even yeah. there, uh, <laughs> the Trump administration never put forward an alternative to Obamacare. This is this is uh, yes. So that's on Trump. Well, well, some of it's on Trump, but also some of it is on the Republicans. In but Congress, if you're, uh, I get it. Right. Remember, Republicans in Congress cannot agree on what the problem with health care is. I I get this, but the problem yes. again, the problem with Trump was was that he fought Paul Ryan as much as he fought he fought Chuck Schumer. He he was fighting everybody all. All the time you know even might, now look at it might look, look, say that paul ryan was fighting donald trump more than donald re, trump was fighting but paul regardless ryan. be a lead this is the problem with trump he could never lead he could never lead he was always well, so lead, narcissistic lead, lead, everything lead was away, oh i like so and so because he said right. something nice about me right the well, guy listen, is like a, the guy's like an eight-year-old it gets listen it gets into his performance last week on the cnn town hall which we haven't discussed again yeah. Let, uh, let, let me just make one last point on this, please. because it, 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 what if, if I were Donald Trump and I was under siege, right? Yes. Um, I love the old uh, John Wayne movies, especially the Calvary movies. I like the John Wayne Gacy movies, Jerry. All right. Whenever, whenever, you know, in these movies, whenever the Cowboys or the Cavalry were in trouble, under attack, what did they do? They circled, they circled the wagons. Yes, of yes. course. Donald Trump but, never circled okay, the wagons. But, well, he, early okay. on, early on, he had enough allies in the alt, in in the conservative media, in the uh, in in the Congress, uh, Jerry, and the and the and 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 seventy million Americans. He never circled the wagons. But Jerry, this never. Is, but Jerry, this is the issue. This gets into exactly what we're talking about. With which is why I, I partly blame him the for Democrats, the chaos of what happened. The Democrats. The Democrats and the media were doing whatever they could to make it impossible. Right. Again, it gets. No, into, they could on, have circled on. the wagons. They could have. Look, they no, could have. Jerry, if Jerry, if 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 you are making it impossible, if you are making it as toxic as possible, if you're saying if you're out there saying that the president is a Russian asset, if you're saying that he and his top people have connections to Russia or they're lying and they're okay. cheating Here, every day, there's another scandal. In the here's news, here's if, who didn't believe that and who who he could have coordinated with on a weekly, if not daily basis. Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. Um, Laura Ingram, right? But Jerry, uh, they the, were all, they, uh, the American they, greatness. Jerry, they um, were they uh, were all they were all they were all cheerleading for him. No, but they, under again, with no coordination, with no strategy, it was all tactics. Was, 
It was all shotgun but approach. But on the other hand, Jerry, if you don't know where the attacks are coming from, and if you are out there screaming to the heavens that we know that this is coming from in the, inside the deep state and you're being constantly gaslit, no, 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 it's not coming from the deep state. No, you know, you uh, Comey comes in and says, no, Mr. President, you can trust me. You know, it, it's it's a situation. Every word of yours. Andrew, being- Andrew Jackson. Uh once told the Supreme Court to sit on it. Uh, During uh, his uh, administration, his policies towards uh, Native Americans, Indians, and reservations uh, was deemed unconstitutional by the the courts. And Jackson said, the court made its decision, let it enforce it. Right, right. Donald right. Trump this, never. Listen, this is Donald okay, Trump this never in... used the power of the bully pulpit effectively. Never used the federal government. The power he had at his fingertips, he never used it effectively. I don't. I well, listen. I think. I think never that. I think that's vastly overstating that he never used the. No, power I'll give you one example that 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 is so obvious that you're going to go. Oh yeah. Um, the reopening of the economy during COVID. Well, sure, but okay, Jerry, he never. I, I he never did okay, anything. But, no, no, to push I, and and uh, the push no, uh, that okay, to happen. But Jerry, okay, this is the problem. Again, getting into the toxification of of the environment out there. Donald Trump gets out there and makes makes you know bizarre makes statements. statements. No, no, no. He gets out there and he says, "I see there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think we can start to reopen things." You know, why did he fire Fauci? Warmer. Why did he fire Burks? Why didn't he replace uh, because, uh, Dr. Okay, Francis? This, and again, this gets into the toxic nature of the environment. But, but again, all right, so, uh, so here's the so. difference. Jerry, here's the difference. You've been, you're you're, you're been, arguing no, that. No, Jerry, could, Jerry, no, no, no. You're, I understand your argument. Your argument, and this is what you do, said. I'm saying, saying do something. You were, you were he did nothing. You were absolutely correct in, in, in your statement yesterday. If you know you're going to get impeached, then go ahead and go and go do ahead and go, things. Go fight. Right. He Well, the point is, he did do a lot of fighting while he was president. But no, my point do, is, but none of it, none of it was effective. None of it was smart. No, none of it was I, again, strategic. I, again, I disagree with you because it, it, Name, you know, give again, me one area, just uh, one regulation. He kept, he kept, he he did exactly what he promised to do. He had two regulations out for every new regulation. He kept regulatory costs at less than two percent per year. He he created an executive order on regulatory transparency and accountability. All of you know, and and that had us. He appointed good people in those regulatory agencies who were doing good work. He went and and put enormous pressure on uh, uh, various sectors within those agencies to do the administration's bidding and things like energy and the environment. Certainly did good work on on labor. So there are there are in the areas that you and I have talked about on the substantive issues. You're, you're, you're right about that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just so frustrated with this idea that, well, the odds were against him, so therefore he really had no choice and couldn't really fight back. Listen, if that's the case, I... then why are we doing a podcast? No, 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 but th- that's just it. You you are correct in that he didn't fight back well. I think you misstate it when you say that he could have more effectively, maybe he could have more effectively circled the wagons. But again, when people are being picked off here and there, right? What, what was the strategy with the Indians? Would, you would circle the wagons. You would go and pick off, like any siege. You would go and pick off people. Plus, but here's some of the great but problems here, with the here, siege here, mentality. Here was, but here, <coughs> here, here it is, though. You circle the wagons because you're waiting for reinforcements. Right. In my mind, if Trump had more effectively circled the wagons, the reinforcements were the American people. Yes, but and, but again, and, and, if but, if 
But his own chaos, his okay. own misstatements, those rambling press conferences during COVID, he the the, the well, dumb okay, things he would say. Hand, right? Yeah, sure. And and again, I can come back to and say if Donald Trump had put out if if, if remember it gets into it gets into what I've said, and I'm not going to throw the person under the bus though I probably should at some point. Right? It's emblematic in this instance. Donald Trump should have could have not should have could have shut down the entire debate about masks. And and this issue of yeah. masks being some kind of political right test, if if um, if he had come out with if the Trump campaign and said, you know, something we're going to spend ten million dollars, we're going to give every Trump supporter for free a red and white MAGA yeah, mask and a blue brilliant. and white Trump twenty twenty mask, and if he'd come out on stage wearing a red and white MAGA mask, no one would ever have taken pictures of it. We would never be talking right. about masks. Make anymore. America healthy again. Right. Exactly. And, and I brilliant. made that suggestion to a senior Trump advisor and was unfriended that day by that Trump advisor. And and obviously it never happened. Yes. I guess part of my-, my frustration in all of this is that, um, yes, Trump did good things. But, you know, as you know, I'm but- a football coach, a baseball right. coach. I used to teach high school. I would grade tests and quizzes. Trump on balance, his presidency, his presence on the national stage is a failure. And and we need to do everything to move past him. But okay, yeah, I agree with that. But Jerry, let me just let me just say this much, right? It, it comes down to, and, and this is the point that I was making with the anecdote I just told. When you when you have made it impossible for anybody good to come in and do a senior position, um you get shitty advice from people. I'm sorry about that, Geraldine. I apologize. But part of that, that too is is that you know he might have he might have been able to. I mean, you know, Bill Barr is a serious person, and he's in a, and he'll work after this, and and others in his, his administration. The problem is is that those who got hounded and can't right. get employed now. We're for the most part morons. No, I don't listen. See, I, I disagree there. I think Kirsten Nielsen was not a moron. She was a very respected. She, that, you she know, did not avail. She did not conduct herself well. She I, was I, caught flat-footed. She didn't have good responses. But she, she was I, a. I, but uh, but on the other hand, Jerry, she was a serious homeland security professional who should very much be able to get work afterwards. Right. And yet, you know, you're, what, you're right. But, she, but she was but very much failed, guilty. Of, she, hold on. One yeah. of the things she was very much guilty of was not being someone who was used to being in the public eye. Yeah. And so certainly, you know, was not able to deal with that. But well. again, but but here's part of the problem too. You know, when you bring in Bannon, when you bring in Manafort, when, you're, when your campaign uh, director... Uh, is guilty of embezzling millions of dollars sure. of campaign funds when you surround yourself uh, with a way past his prime uh, and and obviously uh, uh, mental acuity not up to standard Rudy, Rudy Giuliani when right. you have Jenna Ellis as your attorney I, I what I'm saying is you're right good people were intimidated not to join not to help right but but even that was partly his fault because he brought in okay but such bad people well well okay but on the other hand sure i mean you know we can but we none of us thought that mike flynn was a bad choice you know going alex a alex azar today is doing quite well and he was the hhs secretary sure um 
Uh, Scott Gottlieb today is doing quite well. He was the FDA uh, commissioner. You can go down the line. Bill Barr. Right. But uh, as was you the- just said, Jerry, on the other hand, you know, Scott Gottlieb and Alex Azar, they didn't come up with an Obamacare bill to give to the president to, to send forward. But my my, my true. Listen- but my point is, is that if you yeah. were a serious person and you conducted yourself well in your job, there should have been more Alex Azars. There should be there should, there should have been more Eric Hargens. More, sure, but uh, on the uh, other hand, you've got the Tom Prices of the world. The, and Tom the, Price is doing well. Ryan Zinke, but they were hounded out of office. Is my is but my they're answer. working and they're doing well. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Ryan Zinke's up to, frankly. Uh, David Bernhardt is a is a prime example. David Bernhardt's doing well. Former Interior Secretary. Now is a yeah. book out. We should get him on the show. But you, you see what I mean? Your show. You know, uh, personnel uh, but, is is politics. I don't think Donald Trump did a great job. I don't think he surrounded himself uh, in his inner circle. My goodness, his daughter and his son-in-law were his two closest advisors. Sure, I that's, yes, that's crazy. Okay, that's I, crazy. I listen. I will. I, but on the other hand. Once again, we come down, we keep saying, you know, on the one end and on the other hand, but on the other hand, frankly, Kushner and Ivanka didn't really make any bad missteps. I don't think Trump Jr. made any bad missteps in terms of policy while they were doing their jobs. It's optically not great, but on the other hand, it's, you know, I, 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 again, he should have, he invited when you, when you bring in, when you bring in your nutty sons and you bring in your, your daughter who, who has no portfolio whatsoever, Kushner, there's an argument. Uh, but even Kushner, and you know, uh, uh, inherited his wealth from his family. It just looks horrible. Well, no, okay, but you're talking about the optics side of it. But on the other, right? And then on the other end, Jerry, if if again, I couldn't tell you anybody who's coming around Ivanka you. Ivanka did. Is it Ivanka? Ivanka. What 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 wonderful policy? She was know, working. She was working on trying to find a way to 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 push back and create a new Republican conservative response on family medical leave. Failed. Brought, and what a dumb okay. topic. Oh, what a well, stupid okay. idea. No, You're no, right. No, 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 now no, no, I remember. No, 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 I remember her doing on. this. Jerry, thinking this is idiotic. Jerry, time out for a second. It is a, hold on. Again, we're talking politics here, right? We know that one of the most important constituencies in terms of cobbling together to win an election is suburban soccer moms who are increasingly working. Uh, what we don't suburban want. Hold on. Time out, Jerry. Are not sending their kids off to public daycare. It was stupid. Well, well, no time out, Jerry. The whole thing working, was working. No, no, it's not, Jerry. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you vehemently here because you have working moms who are trying to figure out exactly how to deal with daycare and after school programs. What we right. don't want is a Democrat response. We don't want a, a, an Obamacare version of family medical leave, which is what they've been trying to do. But, so but what the did they is- do? They brought together a bunch of different stakeholders the right people in the room to talk when, about this. when you are using the other team's uh, vernacular and language, you have already lost. But unfortunately, and, Jerry, and you know, it, we, it did we, have a, anyway. we have a family and medical leave act uh, that's already on the book. So it's called family and medical leave. So what you do is you offer, is... You, you offer alternatives. You, you use language like private sector, like little platoons. You use Berkey in language. Okay. okay. I'm glad you okay, mentioned this. I'm sorry, but time, suburban suburban soccer moms are not going to wa- are not going to want to know about little platoons. Right, so here, so here, so going to want to know. So here's the second thing. So you're con- yeah. see, this is maybe part of the pro- you concede, concede the language, concede the issue. Jerry, I'm conceding the government the has no business because that's the act that's on the books. It's it's the act that's on the books. So you know, unfortunately, yes, I, I would not want to talk about the Endangered Species Act. I would want to talk about a Private Conservation Act. But unfortunately, what we have is the Endangered Species Act on the books. So I'm going to talk about endangered species. You know, we're going to talk about uh, waters of the United States because, unfortunately, that's the language 
within the Clean Water Act statute. And maybe that's part of the problem as to why we haven't won a major policy victory in 100 years is because we're using their language. But Jerry, Avant- when the bills are already on the books, right? Or, or, you know, the Patriot Act. I mean, unfortunately, we, the Patriot Act is the is the Patriot Act. And we got to we got to you know, we got to work to either amend or repeal that. I, I, again, I, I had forgotten what she had done. You you raised I remember at the time being on WBL radio, being incredibly critical of her language, of the meetings, but Jerry, of the, the whole point thing is when you have a segment of the population, the independent voter, the suburban college educated woman who you need to win and who you know your father is already behind the eight ball because of the media's constant harping on his apparent misogyny coming up so with you, a strategy. So you, so you, so you cave on, you cave on you this don't issue. Cave. That's the you whole point cave. is you're not, you're not caving. You're trying to find a solution. Well, I don't, I, again, I, I can't, I can't recall anything except for government interference that she offered. No, but, well, okay. That's, but that's exactly it. It's not about government interference, right? The way the family medical leave act nope. is written yeah. right now is that essentially you're ordered to do X, Y, and Z, but there's nothing in terms of comp time or flex time. In fact, the Democrats don't want comp time or flex time to give sort of greater flexibility to employers in terms of how they offer some kind of leave or how they calculate it. Or I know, look, we're, we're off this employees. tangent on family leave. Let me say this. Whether or not you like what she was doing, it was stupid to have her to bring your daughter into the White House. Well, okay, and that's again, part of the that, reason that, why that, okay, it made it easy. But again, to I, as I said, it things. gets into optics. But if you were, you know, when you, I well, know you just you said I, optics matter. You said so. Family leave that whole thing is optics, so it matters. Well, no, it's but politics. Ivanka Trump doesn't it's, matter. It's, it's politics in terms of well, it's, it's politics, politics too. When you bring your daughter into the White House, yes. But on the other hand, when you're faced with a series of choices and you are very limited in who you feel you can trust in terms of your advisors, you're going to turn to the people that you know are not going to turn around and pull a Jim Comey on you or a what? You, listen, you want to talk about a bad hire, Jerry? Uh, uh, what's her name uh, from from uh, the Donald Trump's The Apprentice, uh, the woman who, who yes. didn't win. What's her uh, name? I know, I know you. Now about, you know. Yes. Um, right. I want to say Osiris, but that's not it. Yeah, I know. You um, uh, Amarosa, Amarosa, right? Bringing in Amarosa, that was bad, right? You no, know, that it's, was it's, right. It's funny that I I wasn't I wasn't overjoyed with Pence as the VP pick, unlike me. Right, I, I really I was wasn't. overjoyed. <laughs> but that being said, on a lot of these personnel and optic issues and staffing issues, what he could have done was had a kitchen cabinet that was kept away from the public scrutiny and and really put and put Pence, a Washington insider, a former governor, former congressman, vice president, respected in conservative circles, right? And not yet hated totally by the mainstream media. Uh, the uh, well, And man. put him in charge of of recruiting talent. You know, part of the problem, look, we, we, I, I know you have too. Uh, I, I, I've been at a couple of these, you know, these meetings they're having in D.C. these days uh, about uh, not making the same mistakes that Trump made uh, in his in his first couple of weeks and months in office, uh, you have Trump alumni saying uh, privately, at least maybe some are saying it publicly that he he really screwed up on personnel. 
that he was slow to act, that he was slow uh, to remove people, uh, that it wasn't a pri- that that the administrative state and the staffing was never a priority for him. Well, and and, okay. and and ironically, this is what came back to haunt him. Look, I, right now the the Heritage Foundation is aligned and allied with fifty other stakeholder groups with one purpose: staffing. Right, but but remember, staffing Jerry, the next GOP administration. And I, and I get that. I mean, listen, I think, uh, listen, I think some of it was slow because you're right; they were behind the eight ball, and they were not, they were not, you know, DC insiders sort of coming in there, and sure. and you had a lot of outsiders coming in, and that's going to be that's going to create the curve. But remember, from here, the funny from, thing is, hold on, Andrew, hold on, hold on, his transition team was quite good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it is it from November to from November to January? You and I were very surprised at. The good people that were coming he had in had a very good transition team. But you know, the other part of it, of course, was the the but the, no one on say, a hold on, hold on, hold on, Jerry. There was the fifth column. Was the fifth column within these administrative agencies? Uh, it hasn't been published yet. I just had a, a a a conversation with David Bernhardt, who was Deputy Secretary of the Interior and then Secretary of the Interior when uh, uh, Ryan Zinke had to uh, resign. And and you know, he tells stories in his new book, and unfortunately, I don't have it here. I wish I had it with me. Um, he's got a new book about the administrative state talking about the recalcitrance on the part of yeah. the, and the lack of cooperation on the part of folks within the agencies uh, to follow the lead of the political leaders who have every right to engage in discretionary policy. And I told a story with him. And I'll tell it here now. For instance, uh, somebody that I I went to William and Mary with uh, who who made a very public resignation uh from her job at the interior department because uh, uh because she vehemently disagreed with the interior secretaries and the president's approach to climate policy and how that was implementing her ability to protect antiquities now it is within the discretionary power of any agency head to change it but when but when you have agency personnel dragging their feet when you have agency personnel leaking information when you have frankly disloyal trump appointees leaking information yeah, but, but you're right about this but yeah. then again here's the thing right i'd make the argument that if the epa's business was slowed uh, because trump got bogged down in a bunch of staff fighting a uh, staff uh, uh um fights it would have been fine so well, if yeah. i were if, if no, i were donald Jerry, trump okay if no, I were, no no if no I were two trump, you're talking we're talking about two things we're talking about yeah, he never he never he never Yes, he asked the attorney, the uh, state's attorneys, whatever, US to attorneys. resign. U.S. attorneys to, re- but he never look. He 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 never did it. He never he, Trump never fired anyone in the administrative state. Well, he didn't well, do it. Okay, he, he could have, but he didn't. No, he I don't, the president doesn't see. That's the thing, is right. The president doesn't have the power. Any to political appointee, he could have fired. Oh, political appointees certainly. Yes. And I don't know. And I don't do remember, it. Jerry. I don't know. I don't know offhand. I don't remember offhand if he fired anybody or not. My 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 point in the end is, you you made a, a statement about the the slowing of the gears. You want the gears to be slowed when when they're working to grow the size of government. But when you're trying to shrink the size of government and the impact of government and people, you want the government to move with a little bit of swiftness. Sure. Um, and, here, and, here's, and when you have agency personnel, hold on. When you have agency personnel who are slow walking the ability to shrink the size and scope of government power because it impacts their ability to be mandarins in their own area, that's a problem. He should have walked in day one and said anyone and everyone he could have fired in every agency should have been fired. Boom. Everyone. Yeah, but again, the, so the president only has the power. The executive, the, the president only has the power to fire to fire the folks 
that are political appointees. He doesn't have the power to fire others. What I just said was anyone with whom uh, he had power to fire, he should have fired them. But but all those folks, I mean, with the exception of the U.S. attorneys, you know, all of those folks resigned anyway. They were out of jobs. I mean, that's that's just it. There were a lot of people who refused to leave. I don't know. I remember. I remember that. I remember if they were political appointees. I, I yes. There were political appointees who refused to leave. Absolutely, oh, Jerry, there I, were. All right, I, I have to uh, go back. Go back and, and look. Yeah, go, I would go trust and verify because I remember having these conversations and uh, on the air and thinking, well, this person at at this agency says they're not leaving; they have no choice. And what happened was, again, uh, we I can't fight this fight. I got to go fight this fight. No, no, but I all right. I I I, I if if there was a if there was an isolated incident, I don't I don't recall it. But I, I would do you, do you really and... think? That Trump cleaned house to the extent that he was able to. Well, his I, own his own his, his no, own people said he didn't do it. Jerry, I I I think Donald Trump. I think there is an expectation and and there is precedent that when when a new administration changes hands, the old people leave. Now that being said, Jerry, the issue of folks burrowing into agencies who are political appointees. I'm sure there that Donald Trump didn't do as great a job, or these agency heads didn't do as great a job to ensure that folks. Let me, been, let, let me throw Obama, this idea hold on, Obama era administration administrative yeah. appointees didn't burrow into agencies. Obama, the, uh, the Clinton administration was brilliant. Uh, they started the whole encouraging um, political appointees to go career track. Right. It, it happened. It happened. You know, proactively during the Clinton years. Again, it just shows you how the left is brilliant. They, they knew 30 years ago that the fight was going to be the administrative state. And so what they did was they changed tactics on us and they began to put all their people in the administrative state well, 30, and, yeah. regardless of. But let me throw this idea at you. Yeah. Let's say. We get one more chance at it in 2024. Ron DeSantis wins the presidency. Right. We know this guy's a fighter. Yeah. We know that he's willing to put his. His uh, his force behind legislation. He's done it in Florida. We know that he's willing to fight back against the mainstream media and corporate America. Right. We know this. So let's say he wins. And uh, and with that, there's some coattails and the Republicans win the Senate back and they keep the House. If I'm Speaker McCarthy, if I'm leader uh, Tim Scott, (laughs) because McConnell has to go. Although you know McConnell is a deserves a hero award for the for the judiciary and the judges, but regardless, you can't ignore Donald Trump's record on judges. But go ahead, right, right, yeah. But but here's the thing. My first my first bill HR one is the Administrative State uh, Term Limit Act. Okay, where no one, obviously, you have the grandfather people in, but moving forward, you get. A maximum of three four-year, um, four-year uh, terms as a federal uh, administrative employee, and and then you're forced to retire after twelve. And and you know what? And I'll and I'll spend money here. And you retire with full benefits. And and uh, and if you if you serve your entire twelve years, you get benefits. You get your retirement, etc. As if you worked for twenty five years, but if, or or make it eight years, uh, two terms. Like, why are we always listen, talking about listen. term? Why are we term limiting? Why do we want to term limit members of Congress listen, who are I, elected, but we won't term we won't term limit I will, bureaucrats? I will agree with you if, if you know again, sort of in the terms of the compromise. If part of what you're talking about is also we're not going to refill your position when you're gone, 
we're going to evaluate. Well, it well, depends. Well, yes, yeah, so you evaluate. I mean, you might have to refill it. Right. Well, I agree. Yeah. But but yeah. on the other hand, if we're using it as a tool to shrink the size and scope, see, this also gets into something else that remembered that Donald Trump tried to do and was roundly castigated again with the with the leftist press was that Donald Trump at one point threatened to or was talking about, I'm not even say threatened because they called it a threat. Donald Trump was talking about moving the headquarters of the Interior Department out of Washington, D.C. and putting it yeah. out in Denver. So he's a horrible idea, by the way. Well, OK, so why is that a horrible idea? Because uh, you you take a, a major agency, put it somewhere uh, where there are private businesses and mom and pop shops and Main Street, and then that area becomes dependent upon his agency. It's it's what it, 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 it's it's I mean, spreading listen, that's, the poison. It's that's, spreading that's, the poison. That's a that's a that's a trade off here. I think on the other hand, if you have agency officials who are living and working, you know, where they're they're actually having to deal with the folks who are dealing with their, their their policy implications and more to the point you make it easier for folks who are having to redress their grievances to interact with the agency All right, let, let me ask you this does, does that work in maryland because these the, the the very radical uh members of the assembly and the state senate live among their neighbors and it's the most radical you know california do those it doesn't, it doesn't sure. work. Listen, I, I, I've said this before. Government's There's, a virus. Do, right, right, right. No, no, no. But remember, right? I mean, that's, it, it, you, you make my point for me. You know, you have a situation in which when you create legislative districts that are like that, you make it so that it's completely skewed in one direction uh, or another, right? That's if you, if you gerrymandering. If, right. But if, if you take a major, major government agency like the EPA and you put it, say, in Florida, or you take the interior and you put it in uh, Utah, what you're doing is, is that you're, you're creating a constituency for the Democrats and then Utah goes blue and then Florida goes blue. Yeah, but if it you're is, all right, but if you're in a place, but if you put in a place like like Colorado, which is already blue, then, you know, it, it's not that it's not that big a deal. The The point is, Jerry, Donald Trump was trying. Right, so I agree. Pressures I think the entire I, I believe the entire federal government should be moved to uh, California. Well, OK, yes, how about, how about, how, about not, how about not the entire. OK, I like that. But what I'm but also the other part of it is. How about you, you you spread it around so that you and I have talked about getting captured by the system, you know, where Listen, you have let, 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 bounce around here's, here's, from one agency here, to another. Here's my problem with doing that, right? So get rid of Cal the lobbyists. California, the lobbyists California, California um, has seen gr a great diaspora over the last uh, right. 10 and 20 years. Many of that diaspora has gone to Colorado. Andrew, you and I both remember when Colorado was a solid Republican sure. state. Right. But what happened? California moved to Colorado. Right. right. Uh, this is happening everywhere where they're they're leaving Illinois, leaving Colorado, I mean, leaving uh, California, leaving uh, New York, Maryland. And they're making they're, they're turning red states blue. The same thing would happen. It would be accelerated if we move the federal government out of the D.C. Okay, capital complex again, and put it in the, in, the, in the country. He was specifically talking about the Interior Department. Right. It, it's it's I think it's different with other agencies that have a you know, when you have an interior department where the bulk of its management is west of the Colorado Rockies, you know, you're talking about one very particular parochial set of circumstances. It also gets to the lobbying class. Right. Re remember, I mean, this is a lot of what we've been talking about is the, the cocktail party circuit. You know, sure. you find ways to eviscerate the cocktail party circuit and do de or or, or you look to, or, or you contain it. Well, okay, but how do you how do you contain the cocktail by keeping it in D.C., New York City, San Francisco, uh, and and so then and, you just perpetuate the cycle, is what you're saying. I mean, that's, I, look, that's I, the problem here. I, no, the problem is is that they're smart. They're taking over. Look, Andrew, where 
<laughs> we're not winning anywhere. So well, why do we want the blue disease to be spread to where we're winning? Okay, because it's it right. It's it's two different ways of looking at it, right? On the one hand, we're not winning. Part of it is because of the concentrated power in Washington D.C. So you try to break up that power, right? So you know it, it's it, listen. It gets into and this is now me just thinking out loud, right? The op-ed yeah. that I had and thank you very much for for helping me get it posted this morning on uh, on um, on FERC, the Federal Energy and Regulatory Commission. And this organization, the Energy Foundation, that is spending $198 million. I'm sorry, spending. It took in revenues in 2020 of $198 million that it's then wow. spreading around everywhere. You know, this is, you, we talk about why we're losing. This is why we're losing. Because you have entities that are spending nearly $200 million. Sorry, maybe it was $189 million, $188 million. But, yeah, but nearly $200 yeah. million on pushing green energy proposals. Um, you know, if you make it maybe a little bit more difficult for the folks to lobby for that stuff in Washington, D.C. Right. But here's my final. I, I Look, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's smart to push out the bureaucracy to other places. Okay, The point is, it's not about whether or not it's smart. Again, and you could talk about the optics side of it. The point is, it was, you know, Donald Trump trying to put some reformatory pressure on the interior department where you had recalcitrant employees who were you know trying to who were, who were not engaging not not you know following the discretionary policies of the trump administration so one of the things you can do is you say you know something maybe we'll move you all out to denver or we'll move you all out to wyoming um or we'll move you wherever um and that way you know maybe we'll get some different people who are working for for uh, uh, this the, the, the only the only way I think that would work is if you actually move it to Puerto Rico or move it to Guam. Okay, we'll move it to Guam. Well, well, here, know, let, let, the problem let me, is, of course, Guam might tip over if you move them all there. <laughs> uh, inside joke, a congressman yeah. once said Hank that Johnson, the island yeah. would tip over. Yes. But let me just say that here's my last word on this issue because we're all over the place. Um, you and I remember the 70s and the 80s uh, in uh, in in New York City. Yes. We remember the uh, cities are ungovernable. And then you have the Manhattan Institute and you have uh, fixing broken windows policing. Uh, and then you have a politician, Rudy Giuliani, uh, but others, uh, Bill Bratton, even uh, even David Dinkins uh, right. uh, b before uh, Giuliani started to implement fixing broken windows. And it was such an immediate success that Brooklyn became a safe place to live, that parts of the Bronx became um, sobro. Yeah. The South Bronx became, because the South Bronx is only four subway stops from Manhattan, uh, people started to move to the South Bronx. It yeah. was an amazing urban renaissance. Amazing. I witnessed it. You witnessed it. Right. It was real. Businesses came back. Now, this this was, you know, this is also economic development. It was also uh, taking regs away and taxes away with crime control, but it worked. And then what happened? People started to move back to New York City. Right. And all of these hipsters and progressives uh, started to buy, uh, buy and move, buy in and move to neighborhoods that were once blighted. Yes. And then what did all those hipsters and progressives do? They they enacted they they pushed they for voted for right. Bill De Blasio right and they voted right. for Eric Adams and now New York part of my language is now a S H I T hole I and and it is I've been up there New York right. is is a horrible no good place think of this uh, situation with the subway where this 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 former Marine hero uh, protects his fellow.
fellow citizens and the progressive Alvin Bragg prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor is bringing uh, is bringing right. charges against him. The fact is, is that good policy changes and then and then and then and then the liberals, progressives like a disease, like a virus invade and then they vote for the bad policies. Well, sure. I mean, again, it get, listen, it gets into it gets into all of these things. We talk about border policy and and the changes to a the changes to any society when folks who do not share the values of the people who are living within a particular society move in and those values yeah. come into conflict. Right. We've and, like, you know, and also you know, just you know, just you know, kind of a top ten of, of what's on our mind this week or my mind this week. The fact that uh, you know, reports, uh, test scores are out. Uh, American middle schoolers have no idea about American civics, American history, American culture, uh, and that's frightening. This is part of the reason right. why, part of the reason why the the horde at our at our southern border is so scary. Not because immigration is bad; immigration isn't that positive. The problem is, is that when you have millions upon millions of people entering the country illegally and legally, uh, but with no with no control and all chaotic, uh, what happens is they can't be assimilated. And right. so we're literally changing the not just the demographic of the country, but the culture. Uh, well, that's, and, and that's, what of the country. that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying here. It's it's about it's about gets into exactly what you're saying. When you get folks moving from blue states into red states and start making blue state demands on those red states, right? It changes. It changes the policy. It changes the outlook, and it destroys uh, everything. Listen, maybe maybe all of the mythos. Uh, can I digress for a second? Sure. I'm about to talk about. I want. I want to. You were talking about things that are on your mind. Um, was watching, was watching cartoons. Well, I'll say it was Saturday. It may not have been Saturday, but you know, I, I, I like watching, I like watching my Saturday morning cartoons. Jerry. Me too. I like, I, now that I'm, I'm no longer on WBAL. I love it. I get the chance. Used to be, I get off the air and I watch the Bowery boys. Um, Bowery but TCM boys. stopped putting the Bowery boys on Jerry. Do you remember a, um, this gets into everything that you're saying. Do you remember a Bugs Bunny cartoon where Bugs Bunny's nephew Clyde is studying for a history test? And Bugs Bunny shares with him all kinds of history, and it, and it, it he gives him all these wrong facts, and Clyde comes back with a dunce cap on because he failed yeah, his yeah, test. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like you know, Betsy Ross got the idea for the flag because Bugs Bunny stepped on a rake, or the electric blankets were shorting him. So I'm watching this cartoon, and it was what am I? Frankly, it's apparently not regarded as. By the way, Looney Tunes. Clyde, his name is not. So there's Bugs Bunny. His yes. name is Clyde Bunny. Clyde Bunny, yes, Clyde, Clyde Bunny. Bunny is his nephew. Yeah. Yeah. So so the, the the cartoon opens up Jerry with the sale of Manhattan from the Indians to the Dutch. Right. And you see these massive teepees on on uh, on the island, right? Instead of the instead of the modern skyscrapers. Right. And then Bugs Bunny says that he sold he sold the island the 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 Indians sold the island for a song. And you have the Indian runoff with uh, uh, yelling about how he bought the island with sheet music for a song. So I'm watching this cartoon and I distinctly remember the big canoe, the big canoes in the Hudson River or the East River. And I remember the big teepees and I watched this cartoon and Bugs Bunny says something about New York and then it immediately cuts to Benjamin Franklin. They cut out the Indian, the New York's being sold to the Indians portion of this. Oh, and really? I and I sat there and I said, did I imagine that? Did, was there was there more to this? And and again, it's a form of gaslighting, which again we've sure. just been talking about. And I went up and looked, and sure enough, uh, about 15, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, ABC and the WB and a handful of other outlets 
they made a decision to excise the Indian portion from this cartoon, this Bugs Bunny cartoon. So now you now you don't you don't see it anywhere. My my point is in the end, I was going to say something about maybe the Native Americans were right about uh, Americans not you know about uh, the white man not living in balance with his community, as evidenced by what happens when you know when blue staters go into red states and sort of decimate things. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I just yeah, but the, you know, it is funny in in uh, Montgomery County, uh, Maryland. It's a very rich liberal. Uh, county um that one of the few me. one of the few areas uh during the great re- great recession that actually gained money gained wealth didn't lose wealth but uh there are signs popping up all over the place about um property taxes apparently the democratic county executive and the democratic council uh, is, they're about to hike significantly um property taxes and now all these people are outraged and and I told Erica, my wife Erica, as we're driving, seeing these signs, I'm like, I mean, well, of course, this is who you voted for, right? And again, and and again, it's everyone. It's it's everyone's outraged. Democrats, what few Republicans there are, but my point is, you voted for this, right? This is what. So you why are you play, surprised? Play, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, but I, so my question to you is, why is there this disconnect? Because people always seem surprised that uh that mayor brandon scott democrat mayor of baltimore city uh, is doing nothing about youth crime i'm shocked at this uh i'm shocked that the public schools are failing that in in uh in in and again in cities across the country absenteeism uh is is now the norm people aren't showing public schools are failed i'm shocked that public schools well, are now, failing jerry now i'm shocked come, that taxes see, are going that's just up. it right now we've come full circle right which is this issue of you know, folks being lied to, right? As you said, they're stupid because they're smart because they're not paying attention to the nitty gritty, you know, details. Uh, we know that all politics is personal. Folks are motivated by what's around them. Uh, we know that we know that 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 finally, in terms of the educational side of it, that's one of these issues where, and some of it has to do with the transgender policy as well. But on the educational side of things, this is one of the things that is a motivating factor for folks to get interested. And then it becomes a question of hold on. It becomes yeah. a question of a DeSantis or whomever. But what uh, is it? What what is it that I, I just don't get it? Like I I I had a conversation again. It's anecdotal, but I think this is characteristic of this whole problem. I talked to someone just recently, a family member who was complaining about uh, uh <laughs> it was complaining about their electric bill and complaining about gas taxes. Right. I mean, like, and and putting the blame on con edison a public utility and putting the blame yeah. on big bad exxon Mobil. and i asked her who did you vote for yeah and in this case they voted for governor murphy a democrat governor of new jersey sure. and they voted for joe biden right yeah absolutely what did you but they were they would they would they joe were biden when joe biden promised when joe biden promised to to get rid of uh the you know oil to shut down oil to stop drilling yeah. What did but you think was going to happen? This person was was to use your terms from the early part of the show. This person was bewildered. Yes. Like didn't even make the connection. And I asked, right. well, why did you vote for Murphy? Uh, well, because Republicans hate gay people. Right. What? Yeah. That's and that's why why did you vote for uh, uh for Biden? 
uh, because, you know, Donald Trump's evil. Right. And Jerry, this comes down to, again, right, the press not doing its job, whether a lack of curiosity or because they have an agenda um, and the demagoguery of, you know, anybody who is raising questions. Hey, I want to add this, Jerry, real quick, because we're as we're winding down, yeah. you talk about Montgomery County. I am speaking in Montgomery County next week, Jerry. I don't even know if you know this. I don't know this. I am speaking to uh, the, I think it's the Chevy Chase Republican Women's Group. Oh, check this. I don't uh, even think that group exists. Well, it, it does. And they've invited me to speak. Uh, I am speaking on Wednesday, May 24th at That's Amore Restaurant. That's at 15201 Shady Grove Road in Rockville, Maryland, Jerry. Going to be in your backyard or your front yard. Uh, however you look I, at it. I love you, Andrew. I have no idea why you would do this. What do you mean? Why, why wouldn't I do this? Because it, 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 there, there is, effectively speaking, there is no women Republican Chevy Chase. Sure there are. Really? Yes. All right. Well, the, the, well okay, but, but Jerry, isn't this the point? That you need to have your Republican women, your Republican groups, who are well informed about what's going on in the world and That's how true. they can get active on things. That's true. That You're right. I'm sorry. I'm say, I'm, know, I'm, can, I'm I'm yeah. a curmudgeon. I know you are. I know you are. So that's why I'm just, yeah, you're and right. You're the right. Same way you're that right. you should never get between Andrew Langer and a microphone. Yeah. You should never get between Andrew Langer and a podium. I'm telling why you, why am I, I going? I, because they asked me, Jerry. I really, I really yes. in my head fight all the time about <laughs> just again, giving it all up, pulling a, a Seton Motley <laughs> and just moving somewhere tropical. And, you know, right. We're at a point now where where it's better for us to go live in some 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 well you know you know well uh, um, secluded uh, third world country country. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go to a, a third world country. I would certainly want my my the country. That well, what's, what, is, what is what, what is Belize? What is Belize? I don't believe I believe that they would call that a. I I, I it's not developed. I think it's in a transitional state. All right, then transitional. Right, but what's states. the problem? The, the problem, of course, is right with Belize and Costa Rica and uh, and other nations like this. If if again, if if more blue staters move to Costa Rica and Belize, all of a sudden, it's no longer it's no longer there. I knew a guy who lived on uh, one of the islands off of Honduras for many years. It wasn't this the plot of that. Uh, that uh, uh, Harrison Ford movie, The Mosquito Coast. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. Anyway, yes. but um, it's funny because I I do I hear you know because I read all the time. There there are parts of the Caribbean, parts of of uh, sections of Mexico where Americans or uh, retirees are flocking to, because it's a you know you can get a beautiful, uh you know casa. Yes. Uh, with multiple bedrooms and ocean views. For like, you know, nickels on the dollar. Here's here's the thing that comes that I always come back to, Jerry. Yeah. Unless my family was all going to move with me. Well, yeah, of course. That's the problem. I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you well, said, I've been I have been. So, you know, I have been um, I have been secretly, uh, but not so secretly because I, I told the whole family this. Uh, I've been devising ways for us to move back to New Jersey. Yes. I'm I, I think New Jersey's also a blue state hellhole. But at least my family's there. Right. That's the thing. I Maryland, Mar Maryland is becoming unlivable. It's right, becoming but, but it's, it's, it's but, becoming a state okay. where it's it's anyway, difficult to this live. This is here. a conversation for you and I have I have offline because I would I would I would you know say I, I can't see that happening so long as your daughters are living and working in DC. This is true, but yes. again, uh, the one daughter is dating a guy from Jersey. 
Yeah. And the other daughter is dating a guy who works for a, a very prestigious think tank. And I happen to have very good connections with a think tank up in Manhattan. I, that I that I that I know. So, so I, I, I could I arrange that. for things for my daughters to move uh, sure. back up there too. And you know, Liam Liam's in in, in third grade, and Grace, you know, uh, the time to do this would be in one year, because yes. in one year, uh, after you know, in one year, Gracie enters high school, Maddie enters college, Liam goes into fifth grade, um, Claire will be have graduated, Bridget Bridget too. Bridget has a great job. Working in public affairs, but it's uh, 100% virtual. You know, the great thing is, is that if, you know, Jerry and I continue this podcast in this way, it, it remarkably, even if Jerry moves to New Jersey, his studio will look the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. No, I, 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 uh, I get that. Um, there was a whole, whole other thing I was going to say about, about the, the, the moving thing. Anyway, it doesn't. And there's nothing, at least, you know, I, I moved back up Jersey to where I grew up. Uh, you know, I got the Bronx right there the sure. i got a good lawn you know, i can I finally got, do it you know, I, I can finally do a show from uh from mclean avenue for for st patrick's day yeah, we gotta do um, that jerry you're on on sunday i am on sunday you know we didn't talk about this but i had to do corporate training and uh and and it was so offensive huh. And it was so wrong. Yeah, you didn't tell me about this. Uh, this no, and, and I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around how to talk about this on the show on Sunday. Because what, what happens if the anti-harassment training videos are in and of themselves harassment? Listen, I think that is a, a good question to ask uh, HR, Jerry. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. So I'm, I, I, I'm a person of faith, and I don't believe in indulging other people's uh, 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 religious fanaticism i think you can have your faith but you shouldn't be allowed to force your faith on others sure so i'm a christian but i'm not going to require that my producer on the radio show accepts christ as her lord and savior sure. to work with me right yeah that would be inappropriate yes so why is it that i am forced to recognize uh the uh pronouns or the uh, uh, uh gender uh uh expression of those who are not that pronoun and are not that gender, uh, that gender, and, and, and that that is that is them forcing their religiosity on me. Sure, right. But and why hasn't there been a, a court case about this? Well, I, you know, you'd have to find the right the right plaintiff, Jerry. You could be that. I found, I found, plaintiff. I found one case. The what is yeah. it called, Andrew? The EEOC or the E? Yeah, the Equal Employment Opportunity. Right. Uh, there, there's one, there's one case uh, where a woman or a person. I don't know if it's a woman or a man. Uh, um, we, refused. We know anymore? Well, re this person refused to take corporate training uh, as a um, it, on the on the grounds that it violated her religious uh, yes. liberty because because religion is a protected class. Yes. And the uh, the the uh, the e EEOC the EEOC uh, found against her. Yeah. Because there were uh, uh, state laws that required this training. And it put the business in a, in a in a in a position where it could not conduct business if it broke the state law and federal law, and also accommodated this person. So this right. person was see, fired. Then you turn around and you have to would have to challenge the state law, yeah, and the right. federal law on First Amendment right. grounds. And yeah. that's 
and that's, that didn't happen. That's that's the issue, and this is where it all gets. I did, by the way, I did. I did draft an email to my supervisor, but I, I never sent it. <laughs> well, see, Jerry, you know, because I was in a very angry mood when I wrote it. <laughs> this, this explains what day did this happen, Jerry? I just, I did it. I, I did it Friday. I did it, the fifteenth was when it was due. So got did, it. Yeah, did, you did it. The, the very last one is that. Yeah, that would have been yeah. uh, the fifteenth was Monday. I did it on Monday. I did it on Monday. That that it now explains why you were in a foul mood when I talked to you on, on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but again, um, again, this, Sunday. I, I leave you with that thought. Like, why is it that it's wrong for me but to Jerry, force someone I work it, okay, with? Because again, this is where the law is a follower of of you know the the prevailing wisdom. You and I both know that the lack of religion, uh, this kind of atheism, is a form of religion in and of itself. And yet, right. and yet, it's not generally Just, recognized. I, I, I'm going to go, you know, to the extent that our podcast is public. It is public. Yeah. I will never, ever engage in this pronoun uh, issue. Right. I will not call a her him or a him her. I will not do it. Well, we've talked about about standing yeah. up and and and, yeah. and, and saying. I, I mean, I just I will never do it. it so it, more it about this done. on Sunday. I'm sure you're going to figure out how to talk about it. I am. I just might. Just, I mean, yes. I mean, because it's an important issue. Because I think a lot of Christians and a lot of people of faith, Muslims and and and, and Orthodox Jewish people and other people of faith, they're caught in this. You know, they're they're, they're forced to go along. I, I tell you the truth. If at the end of this training, I had assigned something that said, you know. I somehow had to. Right, you take an oath. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have done it. Right, but it, you know that was. You know, I. But I, I think did that it. They would. I think yeah. that that's where they sort of run up into this thing where if you don't, they don't sort of make you. I mean, they're making you express the magical belief and make the you know the yeah. um, the incantation, but they're not making you sort of sign away your you know your beliefs in blood. Right. Which yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. the difference here. But that day, that day is coming, of course. Yeah. Seven seven a.m. to ten a.m. Jerry, it's podcast. Seven your, to ten. Your Alfredo uh, yeah. Ortiz uh, uh, interview. Oh is yeah, up and 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 and, and, uh, and did I put you? Is has your has your Alfredo Ortiz piece come out? Yet? No, it hasn't. Not yet. All right, because I want to put that up at Absolutely. real clear uh, uh, policy. Yeah, so uh, Jerry Rogers, the, the Jerry Rogers show, Sunday seven seven to ten a.m. on uh, uh, WBAL. You know, I had my mom on uh, for Mother's Day and my sister I and my, and my wife. I know that, on. but there you go. That's great. I, so we surprise called called them. Very nice. That's good. anyway. But the cool thing, on the air. yeah. So Erica was out uh, yesterday, and someone said to her, "Were you on the radio on Sunday?" <laughs> She was like, "Yes, my husband called." Oh, she was, your, husband, yes. your husband's Jerry Rogers. I, you there know, they didn't know. put the connection together. So, so it's funny how so, someone heard Eric together, Jerry. Yeah, you know, it's the same same last name. Um, yeah, yeah the uh, I am in for uh, for Larry O'Connor next Friday the twenty. Excellent. That uh, is very good news. Yeah, speaking in Chevy Chase on the twenty fourth. Uh, so uh, so go and check Wednesday. that out. That's that's actually speaking in Rockville. At that's a Mori restaurant. Don't on, go back to Rockville. Yes, uh, REM. Yeah, uh, uh, fifth one five two zero one Shady Grove Road in Rockville, Maryland. A uh, new uh, new lunch hour podcast uh, dropped uh, this week. Um, now I can't remember the gentleman's name who was on it with me, which is just fantastic. But uh, go and go and check. Those I out. hope I hope someone doesn't get that address and call the restaurant and complain that Republicans, you know, hate women or hate. Hate gay people. Oh, I'm sure that's coming. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. See, a, a right? Meeting they, there. But the Jerry, it's called that's a Moray restaurant. So presumably <laughs> they would say no. You maybe you should love a little bit more and, and hate a little bit less. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know. Again, thank you all very much uh, for the milestone. Uh, recommend yes. to your friends, ding, 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 to ding, your ding. family members, your family members, friends, your friends, family members. Uh, I'm Andrew Langer. Oh, Jerry, what do you want people to say? What do you want people to do? 
well, do something that's almost impossible in this environment. Find the truth, plant your feet, and stand firm. God bless you. Have a, have a great week, everybody. Have fun, and please stay safe.